Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. U-Turn friends, I don't even know how I'm going to do this episode because two of my favorite people are on the show right now and I like just want to like go to Disneyland and go do trauma healing and party at an event with them or some shit. I don't know how we're going to have an episode. But all we're of the above. All of the above. <laughs> We've got Jen Gottlieb and Chris Winfield. Okay, so I'll start with Jen because obviously ladies first. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost said bros before hoes, but that's first of all. <laughs> That'd be the what's the chicks before day okay whatever oh that's one yeah that's it, that's one. it. Yeah, yeah 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 okay clearly i'm not that cool <laughs> <laughs> um this is why i got prom queen oh you know what this is so crazy i keep getting runner-ups i'm a beauty queen runner-up i was prom queen runner-up in- wow what is and and I have a story that I'm an A minus person, always doing the A minus things. I've worked on that story, but the runner up thing adds to it. Anyway, okay, back to your bios. Like, how is this, this podcast already? So, Jen is co founder and chief mindset officer for the acclaimed PR company, Super Connector Media SCM. And she uses a decade of her performance and mindset experience to help entrepreneurs connect with the media so they can share their knowledge to the masses. She's working on a book right now I'm really excited about. It. It's going to be packed with information on how you can really make yourself visible. Um, and then she's also a former VH1 host. And if you see her, you'll get it. Like she looks like, you know, beautiful, perfect woman and a Broadway actress. And she also started coaching others, these these tips and these tricks that really helped her have a successful career in TV. And then Chris, he is the super connector himself, uh, superhuman. He's the founder of Unfair Advantage. Um, he's columnist for Entrepreneur and Inc. And he always says, you know, looking out for yourself only gets you so far. And building relationships is what gets you further. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's go. It's so fun to just hear you like introduce. I hear a good friend like introduce us from their point of view, but like halfway reading the the bio and halfway making up your own thing. It's way better than just reading it. Like I liked what you added in there. I think we might need to take that recording and transcribe it and make it my new one. Yeah, exactly. Better. Do you know what I've learned about bios is the more powerful the person, the shorter the bio. Like mm-hmm. think about Einstein, it's like Albert Einstein invented the light bulb. Like, <laughs> so true. What else do you need to know? You know, that's it. Um, so I feel like I can be even more concise in the greatness that is you. Um, but okay, you're super connectors. You're you're in a super relationship. I feel like both of you are so aligned, and you're just uh, really special people. I don't know how you hold so much space for so many relationships and do so much connecting without feeling like. Like, okay, here's my first question. How do you navigate when people are like, can you connect me? And you're like, this is a winning connection for John, but a losing connection for Sally. Because that's very common. So how do you navigate networking and keeping the field? I don't want to say equal because that sounds judgmental, but kind of like 
there's some connections that it's just not mutually beneficial all the time. And I don't want to be fuzzy and lie and say, oh, but you never know. Somebody has something. No, it's not always a good connection. So how do you navigate people and how do you build your relationships? So I'll start with that one. Yeah. Because it's all right. So sometimes it's just like saying no. (laughs) That's okay. Um, Another time and just putting it back in the person and saying, like, what's, why do you want to be connected and what can you offer them? Like, what's, like, how is that going to enrich their life? How is it going to also, if I'm the one connecting you, make me look good and not lose that relationship? And like, I'm I'm very upfront with people and saying that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I used to be able to be the same way. Um, you know, I'd feel bad or maybe be wishy-washy and be like, oh yeah, I'll connect you. Oh, they uh, changed their email or something like that. Um, but I think that that's like the being okay with just being able to like have no as a complete sentence. And like yeah. that, I think is we were just talking before this about like all the all the work the personal development and trauma work and all that stuff and I think the more that you are okay with yourself the easier it becomes to say no um I think when you're not and you know you're wanting to please everyone which I think we all have obviously like I definitely still have that um but it's easier than to like you know lead somebody on and like it's such a waste of time right Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, I've gone to your events, you have so many amazing human beings there, you work with so many people who are incredible at what they do, and you help amplify them, you help them get booked on TV and in the news, whatever have you. So where do you start with this? Like, let's say, I mean, most of the people who listen to the show are in corporate, and at most, they have a side hustle, some of them have businesses, but I mean, personal branding matters for everyone and it, it gets you paid. It gets you a better salary. It, it's and it's the time is now to do it. I mean, if my if somebody's dog and cat have a viral Instagram, at the very least, you can have one for yourself. And I know it's a world where people are burnt out and so they want to do it gracefully. Um, what are some tips that you have for people, either of you, just in getting started and building those relationships and building your own brand? Hey, U-Turners, this episode is sponsored in part by our friends over at Organifi. My absolute favorite product has got to be their chocolate and their vanilla protein powder. Due to my diagnosis of Lyme disease, I'm really careful with what I put in my body on an ongoing basis, and I smiled from ear to ear when my doctor read the ingredients on the back of their powder and gave it a thumbs up. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, vegan, almost no sugar. It's, it's kind of perplexing that it actually is something at all. Their chocolate protein powder I love to put with nut milk, cashew butter, and frozen blueberries, while their vanilla is so good with peanut butter, frozen strawberries, and nut milk. This smoothie is my fix when I'm hungry anytime or when I just have a sweet tooth. Just so good. I mean, here's the thing. It's tempting to turn to that second or third cup of coffee, but the truth of the matter is that caffeine can only do so much. At some point, we need to look at the root cause of our fatigue, and it turns out the two main factors in low energy are chronic stress and lack of nutrition. Organifi's clean, organic superfood blends address these problems with adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms to help you balance your cortisol levels associated with stress, and they make it easier with one scoop of protein powder to add so many more nutrients into your day. If you'd like to grab yourself some protein powder or really any of their incredible products, just head on over to Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N, and make sure you use the code U-Turn at checkout for 20% off. 
So I'll talk about building your brand first off and, and then we can talk about building. Well, it kind of goes hand in hand relationships and brand because the best way to build a brand where you get a lot of eyeballs on your brand is not just from you building it and hoping that the Instagram gods are going to make your, you go viral, right? And like put you into this algorithm that is very, very hard to get into. The best way to get more eyeballs onto your brand or your page or whatever you're starting, whether it be your podcast, your YouTube, your TikTok, anything is to leverage other people's audiences that have a bigger audience that have spent time building their audience because that then gives you that trust. They trust that person. That person says, oh, this person's cool enough to be on my platform. And then those people are going to go follow you. And that's kind of how you kickstart it. So the relationships are essential to brand building. Mm -hmm. But the biggest piece of advice that I could give somebody, if they're sitting here listening and they're like, I really want to start that Instagram page about my side hustle, or I really want to start that podcast. And they're just like, waiting to the right time to do it. Like, oh, but I'll wait until I have the time or I'll wait until I have the perfect uh, filter and the perfect font. And like, I have to just wait until everything looks a certain way or it's the perfect day. Just do it. Mm. Just start and start on perfect, imperfectly and, and not ready. This is a perfect example. I just did this. So you're going to be very proud of me. I haven't even told you this yet. Oh, <laughs> so I'm ready. An announcement for you. So yeah. I was doing what I'm telling everybody not to do right now for a year. Okay. I wanted to start a podcast, but I wasn't doing it because I was like, oh, but I have to, I think we've talked about this. I have to have the setup and the guests and the, all the things yeah. and, and the launch strategy and it all has to be together. And so I'll do it when I have the time. Mm-hmm. And I kept putting it off and putting it off because there was too many barriers to entry and I had it had to be perfect. And this perfectionism was making me not do it. So I decided one day, I was like, screw this. I'm going to go and sit on the floor in my closet and I'm going to plug a little microphone into my iPhone and I'm just going to start talking. Yes. That action step that was imperfect and messy and just exactly who I was was the little tiny win that I needed in my subconscious to kickstart my momentum to get me to go do another one. Yeah. And then another one. And then before I knew it, I had seven episodes of a podcast. Yeah. And it wasn't perfect. It wasn't like everything that it should be, but it actually got me to do it and launch it. And now that it's up, I'm like, okay, now I can start actually like promoting it and doing more with it because I started. Yeah. So that's a long-winded way in saying if you're sitting here like not creating your brand because of whatever your mindset is telling you, you're too scared. You've got perfectionism, analysis, paralysis. You're comparing yours to everybody else's. Just start and do it in whatever way feels good to you. And then the how and all the strategy and all the stuff that you need to make it great will start to unravel and unfold as you do it. But the first thing to do is to just start before you're ready. And yeah. So uh, one thing, just because of thinking about your audience and, you know, you have, a, you said a lot of people in corporate and execs and stuff. And I think that's a, an easy thing to think about, like, oh, I don't really need a personal brand. You know, I work in a company or that's more for entrepreneurs or, you know, something to that effect. And it's really interesting because we, you know, we have this mastermind and in the mastermind, we have a bunch of people that have corporate jobs that, you know, have great corporate jobs. I'm thinking of one woman in particular, Patricia Roberts. And um, she's she's like a finance expert, and um, she's amazing. And she she works at a job, and she started getting herself on TV, like learning from us, like started getting on TV all the time. And you know, she said it was crazy, like what started happening internally. Because at first, people were like, "Okay, that's cool," and then like everyone's coming to her and like being like, "Hey, can you talk about this for the company?" and like that. 
And, you know, her career in Germany has just skyrocketed as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like Jen was talking about. She just took action. Like, she didn't wait and say, like, oh, can the company pay for the mastermind or anything like that? She just had this, you know, something in her where she really wanted to. Um, and I think she really at first just wanted to share this information because she had this, uh, a lot of it based around, like, with her son and um, college and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, then it's just like, it's it just like taken off and like her career as a result has taken off. So I think at the end of the day, for whoever it is, I think we all need some type of a personal brand, you know, nowadays. Um, and, you know, I, I think that anyone who doesn't, like, unless you're like a, you know, hedge fund billionaire or something like that, where you know, even them, like, you know, uh, Bill Ackman has a huge personal brand. So yeah. um, I think that it's like, it's almost going to become, if it ha- isn't right now, a necessity, um, yeah. as, you know, the further and further that we get. Okay. So like we, well, first of all, I love everything you said, especially because like I actually, some of my favorite podcast episodes on this show are the early ones because I was like tapping into like friends like you guys that I just know have so much to say. And then eventually we moved into like regular guest bookings. And so I always kind of cringe when I send like a friend like, oh, I want to listen to your thing. I'm like, okay, I like this episode. It's like episode three, you know? And I'm like, okay, don't judge the audio. Don't judge how weird I am. Don't judge the opener. And they're like, it's fine. And I feel like ultimately, we just have to remember, like, you just need to be able to answer the question, can I help you? And if you could be helpful, if you can add value, it's in the content, you know, it doesn't need to be sparkly. There are way too many overproduced perfect podcasts, but if they don't have good content, it's just a expensive hobby versus a business that can grow. Um, and I, and I want to note that I actually record plenty of podcast episodes on the voice memo app of my iPhone. And, um, I have some episodes when I'm walking my dog in California because I'm like, Hey guys, I'm walking my dog and I'm having to download. So I also think that people are patient with you when you show them that you're a human saying to them, like, I'm out. So forgive me for the street sounds moving forward, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, respect your listener as you grow, you, you improve all these things. So I think, um, one, thing that's probably coming up for people, you know, around this idea of when, where do you get started is there's like a bajillion platforms. It's like we can TikTok and clubhouse and tweet our way into oblivion. Like, where do we begin? How do we decide what to lead with? Yeah. The question that we always ask people is what do you love? Like, which one do you enjoy the most? So I think that like, that is something that's the easiest way to figure out where you should be creating content. Because if you, let's say that you love creating TikToks, but you absolutely hate Instagram. Like you hate the, you know, creating, you know, like pictures, whatever you have something against Instagram, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, all these different things. And, but you think that you have to be creating content on every single platform, right? You have to be on Instagram, even though you hate it. You're on Twitter, even though you're like, oh my God, Elon Musk just bought it. I really hate it. You know, all these different things. And you only really like TikTok. And what happens then is you're spending time doing something that you hate, which is never a good idea, right? Like never, ever, ever a good idea because even if you're successful, you're not going to be successful because you, you're doing something you hate. Yeah. And, you know, you're sp- so you're spending time and then that's taking away from what you actually love. And then what you love, it's easier to become really good at that. It's easier also for that to become more successful because you're putting out that right energy for it, right? So that's the thing that we always say to people, like, what do you love? Like, what do you 
which one do you really enjoy? And then you can always grow into the other ones. But if it's just a matter of like starting and let's say somebody's never done anything, like which one, where do you spend the most time? Just open your phone and look and see which one do you spend the most time on? All right, start there, right there. Super simple. Yeah. And then once you've totally mastered that and you're like, okay, I've got an audience here and I'm, you're already making content for that specific thing. Like, let's say you're making TikToks. Well, why don't you just then make for TikTok always? So for me, I'll just use my example. Like I like making reels on Instagram. So what I'll do is I'll make my reel for Instagram, but then I'll take that concept or that reel or that video and I'll tweak it a tiny bit, but put the exact same content on every other platform. So I'm creating for one, but I'm taking it and putting that that Instagram reel on all the different platforms. You got to tweak it a little bit. So you got to change it a little bit to put it on Facebook, on LinkedIn. You talk to a different audience. Maybe you tweak it a little bit for TikTok, but it's essentially just repurposing that one piece of content. So you start in the place that you love, you build out there, you get used to to doing consistent content because the number one most important thing when it comes to creating a brand is being consistent so that, you know, it's for you, for your mindset so that you can become more confident, but it's also for your followers so they can trust and know that, oh, if I follow this person, I'm going to consistently get content from them all the time. That's how you build an audience that's really like bought in and then go to the other places, but just focus on taking that one piece and changing it a little and repurposing it. So you're not creating a million different posts. You're just creating one and then repurposing. So powerful because I think a lot of people, and I'm just writing down some of what you're saying, it's like they get overwhelmed with all these options. And I know consistency is everything. And you seem to have, I mean, I, I want to say it's in your genetics, but it's not because I know how hard you work, um, where it's like you you execute. You know, I remember when I was in the workforce, which it's been so long. I remember the hiring manager said to me, uh, what's something we can't see on your resume? And I remember I was like, I execute. You don't have to follow up with me. Like, it's done. And I just got hired. That was my Pentagon <laughs> job. It was just like, done. <laughs> job offer on the spot. Good answer. You know? That's such a good answer. I, I would hire you on the spot, too. That's the answer. Yeah. The, the end yeah. of the day, it's on the You do. We were actually talking right before this. Like, you can execute on so many. So many. I was I saying, you're a renaissance woman. <laughs> I'm striving to be one. I want to be a Renaissance woman for life. Like, and I, I either look like to people like incredibly scattered or inspiring because I feel like I want to go to culinary school. I want to, and that's the thing that's cool about personal brands is that you can, you can pivot on them. If you build trust with people in one way, you can pivot on that and they'll trust you elsewhere. Um, so let's say, you know, people are doing TikTok or blog posting, is there one area that you feel like you have some tactic? I mean, you have so many tactical things that some somebody can get off of this episode and get started today. What are some areas that you think like, these are some tips. This is a good one. Go do this. Like, I would love to get yeah. everybody inspo. Okay, so cool. And I want to actually make one point about what you just said with if you, you know, build that trust, like it doesn't matter. Think about, all right, probably the most at least top five, but I'd say the number one or two most popular person in the world, The Rock. Now, if we look at The Rock, like he was on WWE, right? He, that's how he first got like his audience. Like that was one career. Then he started doing some acting, right? And, you know, then there's like career two. Then he became the top actor and the most highly paid actor in the world. Then, you know, got into singing. Then he got, um, he's an entrepreneur now, like doing all these things. So 
look at that. Like if you know if you're worried about like, oh my God, I, are people going to come on my journey? Like that's a perfect example. And there's so many people like that. But that's the number. Like that's the top personal brand, pretty much. Lady or Lady Gaga, you know, same thing. Like so, it's just like uh, Rihanna. Look at freaking Rihanna. And like now she's going to bring people back because she's going to sing on the Super Bowl. So like not after not singing for six years. Anyway, tangent. But it's, I think it's really important because people are like, like, oh my God, if I get a different job everyone's gonna stop following me and not care um all right so let's talk about how you can actually get started start creating content all these different things so i think it's just like the simple part is just like start writing down like the questions that people ask you like mm -hmm. hey let's say it's at, at your job and not the questions like uh you know where's this file located but like you know when what are people asking so like you brought up something that was really cool about you know that question that you got asked you know from that hiring manager and like that's like that's like an, I think an amazing piece of content that you could do around that. Mm -hmm. um, because for me, it's like a cool lean in because I'm like, oh, what's the answer to that? And then you have a great answer and then you have a great end to the story where you're like, I got hired right away. Oh, yeah. and that was the Pentagon. Um, and like, so that is a perfect example of how to come up with like content. Because what happens for most people is we're too close to our own shit, like our own stories. Yeah. So we're like, oh, everyone knows that or that's not going to be interesting or whatever. So what we tell people to do is just start talking like have a conversation with somebody 15 minutes 30 minutes i do this on the plane with people because they can't get up and i'll just start talking to them and like telling them stories and like i want to see which ones they find interesting and which ones that they find like they want to jump out or ask the stewardess to move them um just because like we're looking for the lean ins and then we're looking for the glaze over um you know the the lean ins mean it's a great piece of content the glaze over means oh my god stop so i think that's a great way to start absolutely and stories are all, always the way that people like to communicate the best, right? So we, I always like to say, like, let's say you're sharing a win. Let's, uh, I like to teach people how to share their uh, their media wins specifically. But you can say anything that you're sharing. Your your kid graduating from high school. Your kid just got a part in the school play. You just landed a big media segment. You got a promotion for your job. We like to celebrate those moments on on social media because that gives you more credibility in your life, in your job, right? It, it helps to build your brand. But you don't want to be like no one wants to sound like that braggy person that's like look at me i just did this yay like that's okay once but if you start doing that a lot which hopefully i know all of your listeners are going to be incredibly successful so it starts to become a little annoying when you're just you know saying how great you are every second so instead of saying yay look at me i was just featured in forbes today what I like to do is tell a story around that and, and give a great hook about the story specifically. And maybe it's a story that could really relate to your ideal audience member or your ideal client or the person that's listening. So for me, I'll give a great example. And you were in this story. So here's a post. I'm going to give an example of you. You helped me write this great piece of content, Ash. Um, when I was leveraging one of the articles that I was in, uh, in Forbes, where I was talking about how to network at events in real life, we had just gone to dinner and you asked me, how do you network at all these events with all this energy? And I said to you, Ash, I'm really introverted. Remember? Yeah. I was like, I really don't like yeah. it very much. Yeah. I have these tools that I use to be able to go network in real life as an introvert and be able to make great relationships. So my post, I shared the Forbes article. So I was sharing my win, my credibility. Look at me. I'm great sharing it. But instead of saying, look at me. Yeah, I was featured in Forbes. Yeah. What's up? Comment below to celebrate me. 
I said something like some great little hook that was like the ironic thing about this Forbes article. And then I told the story of us being at dinner. My friend Ashley asked me, how do you network in real life with all this energy? And I said, secretly, I'm actually an introvert. And then I told her, but I have these tools that I use to be able to go in and network in real life. And I shared about them in this Forbes article. And then I posted the Forbes article. So wait, wait, I'm getting blue balls over this. Like, can we talk about what these tips for an introvert is? Like, don't do that to us. Yes, I can tell you. And yeah, so, but that's, so let's just like tie this with a bow. You want to share stories for your content. So look, I already got you leaning in. Now you want to go click and you want to see the Forbes article. You're probably going to read it and then you're going to share it and it's going to get me more followers and likes. And that's how this works because you are leaning in with the story. Yeah. So my tips, my tips for networking in real life. Um, One of my introverts. Yes. For introverts specifically. So one of my first tips is to announce the vulnerability in the room or announce the elephant in the room. So do you ever notice like if you're feeling insecure or nervous about being in an event, I guarantee you other people are also feeling that way, but everyone's walking around pretending that they don't feel that way. So it just makes it awkward. But if you're sitting by the bar and you don't know what to say to the person next to you, the greatest way to break the ice and to immediately connect with someone is to say, oh my God, are you also feeling a little awkward right now? I'm feeling a little awkward or it's cold in here or I haven't been to a networking event in two years. It's my first one and I'm super nervous. I guarantee you, if I said that to you actually and you didn't know me, would you be like, oh my God, I love you. Let's talk, let's hang out, let's be fun. Yeah. 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 So the the best way to connect with people is to just be real. Stop yeah. being fake and trying to be like, so, you know, the weather outside today yeah. is, you yeah. know, it's raining up. That's my least favorite thing to talk about in the world is the weather. Be real, be vulnerable. How are you feeling in that moment? Do your feet hurt because you were in heels for the first time in eight years? Like, cause you've been in coronavirus sweatpants land forever. Like how, like what's the real thing that's going on? And that can help you connect to at least one person that can become a really great connection. Well, it's interesting actually taking this one step further. So the, the first time that we met you was at a dinner that we did. In oh yeah. You hosted Hawaii. it. Yeah. And you came in and I just remember like everyone kind of flocking to you and like, you were just so real. And like <laughs> out of that dinner in terms of like who we went like deeper with, I think you were one of the few people. And look how far it took, but because you were so real. And, you know, and that's always been like also our relationship. Like we talk about real shit. Yeah, totally. There's nothing really surface or like, you know, having to put on, um, you know, like some uh, like front or whatever it is. Like I just sat here and told you about like, uh, you know, all the trauma. (laughs) You you know what I mean? So it's like, that's like part of it. So it just, it just full circle though, thinking about that because I remember exactly you coming in and, you know, sitting down. I think you like, we're sitting like diagonal to where I was and, um, you know, so. Yeah. And specifically for introverts. Um, and this is for me because my, I, I always like the going there and then like leaving and not knowing when to leave and like, when, when can I go? Or like, I always like to play a game with myself where I give myself a goal. So I say, go in with a goal. And then you get to, when you accomplish your goal, you can leave. Mm. All right. So it kind of gives you a safety net where you feel, you feel like, okay, once I do this thing and then you feel like you got the win, you got the goal, you can get out of there and then you can go and you can introvert again, but you push yourself to go. So usually my goal will either be like, 
take take a selfie with three different people and send them that selfie and connect, right? So then you're actively doing something with people, you're making connections and you got to do it with three people. And then once you've done that, you're out. Or find the most interesting person in the world, in the room. All right, how do you do that? By talking to people and asking them questions. And once you've found the most interesting person and you've connected with them, then you can then you can leave. And you know, just and like whatever your goal is, make it be your like helping you with your overarching goal. Why are you at that event? Mm-hmm. Right? Like do some research and think about what can my goal really be? Or is it just to practice being out there? Is it to be open to opportunities? You know, like what is that specific goal? There's like the other thing that I always think about is like nobody really ever wants to go. Like, you know, whatever it is, like whether it's like an event or dinner or like calling somebody, like I'm always like, if I'm calling someone, I'm like, please don't pick up. It could be somebody who's gonna give me a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, please don't pick up, please don't pick up. And then they pick up and I, you know, have a great conversation or like going to an event, like, or it's even events that we do ourselves. I'm like, oh my God, I don't wanna go to this. (laughs) I'm I'm the one doing it. But that's just like everything like leading up to it but once you're there and yeah. once you've done it you always feel so much better at this mm-hmm. and my favorite example of this is we met um we went to this like comedy club by where we lived like a few years ago and jerry seinfeld my friend owns it and he was like seinfeld's coming in it was like a memorial day and seinfeld was coming in to like just practice and like it, which was really cool to see like you know somebody at the top of their game like fumbling over like stuff on a memorial day like monday or something like that and um talked to him afterwards and i was like oh do you still keep in touch with larry david larry was obviously the you know the executive producer of his show and he's like yeah and i was like how do you feel um when you get off the phone with him so he's like yeah we still talk like you know a few times a year or whatever and he's like you know I always feel horrible as I'm calling him. And then I always feel great after the conversation. And I was like, that's like it for everything, right? Like every single thing. You're always happy you went. You're always happy you went. Always. Mm -hmm. And then that act of putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation and then getting to the other side, getting the win, getting the goal, it gives you more confidence because confidence comes from consistently sticking with those commitments that you make with yourself. So every time you do something hard that was uncomfortable for introverts going to an event and sticking it out and being there and like having a goal and like announcing the vulnerability in the room and then planning to follow up with these people, that's hard. But when you get to the other side, every time you do that hard thing, you put like another little coin in your confidence bank and you become a little bit more confident. And so then the next time it's not as hard, it's still kind of hard. You still kind of don't want to do it, but you do that thing that makes you uncomfortable. You get a little bit more confident. And then the next time it's a little bit easier. And then as you do that, your network grows. Mm. So it's, you know, it's, it's, we got to do uncomfortable stuff. Discomfort's temporary, but growth is permanent. You know, and there's something powerful about naming something. I feel like it's so distracting for humans when there's something in the room that's so stark and noticeable and whoever can name it and clear it and name it with grace. So you're not like shaming, blaming, judging the person. Actually, the other day I was supposed to see a friend and uh, I had no idea she was volunteering like at a children's facility or she just said like, hey, I'm volunteering today. Stop by. I have a coffee break. So she gave me the address. I know she does a lot of volunteer work. She's a philanthropist. Anyway, I was wearing metallic blue pants and a long sleeve shirt with a mushroom on it that said, life's a trip. Oh, and so I show up at this thing, like ready to have coffee with her. And some of her colleagues are like outside and there's a bunch of children. And I'm like, oh, this is I don't feel like I'm dressed right for this moment right now, you know, and like some of her colleagues looked at me. 
And she's like, this is my friend, Ashley. We're just going to go get a coffee. And I'm like, I dressed right for this occasion, didn't I? Yeah. You know, and they just died. Like, <laughs> and she was like, you know, I did too. But then it, it cleared it. And so I think it's the same thing. Or if someone else is, it, maybe they didn't get the memo, you know, and you're like, oh, you, you know, you just find a way to say the truth without being mean. People like, I don't know, maybe it's just my personality. I get it from my crazy dad, but it really works for me. And I think one rule I've come up with as I was listening to you about like setting a quota is I don't deal with shitty people no matter what. So I don't care if like, you know, somebody bigger than God himself is at the networking event, like, and he can change my life. Like I have a personal policy that like, I don't navigate personalities. I can't like that are, that are toxic um, for any sort of gain because I don't feel successful when I have to thread my life in with theirs in any way. Mm. Yes. And so it's like reminding yourself, like you don't forget how free you are. You don't need to network with shitty people. Even if they can give you their dream job, there's another person on the team. There's another company offering it. Like you don't have to do that. Um, I love that because I have a rule around that. It's called the two interaction rule. And it's so basically where it came from was I was at this event and uh, I was just an attendee and there was a guy sitting next to me and he really wanted to be my friend. (laughs) And he kept like, he he worked for the wealthiest families in China. Um, So he's a Chinese and American uh, citizen. And he like literally just kept taking out his phone and showing me like him with Obama, him at the Oscars, him in driving a Lamborghini, like anything you can imagine. And, you know, based on my past, like, that's very, very triggering to me because I was so only focused just on money and, like, you know, what I could get from people and things like that. So, anyway, I felt like shit around the guy and, like, hung out with him a little bit. Like, he's like, he really wanted to be my friend. And, um, you know, that night and, you know, and I just, like, I left feeling like, ugh, you know, not good. And, you know, then uh, I, one other time, uh, same kind of thing. We were at, at an event and went to a baseball game in, in San Diego. Um, and, you know, same thing. Like, he just kept talking about all this stuff and, like, also all these opportunities for me, like, in China, like, which would have meant, like, a lot, a lot of money. And um, so I knew right then, like, I knew after that second interaction that this was not my person, whatever. But, you know, the idea around, like, okay, what could I get from this guy was bigger than, you know, how I actually felt, you know, my intuition. So anyway, here's where it comes into and why it's a two interaction. So I knew right then, sometimes people can, you know, like uh, just have an off day. So that's why it's not the one interaction rule. So after the second time, though, I knew completely. So he comes to New York City. um, He meets uh, with me and a person that was like, I was partnered with in business at the time. And we leave and he goes, he's like, we don't need her. We can replace her so easily. And then I'm a very loyal person. And I was like, no, we're not doing that. I'm like, I'll see you later, man. And I never talked to him again. Um, now, mm. here's the weird thing. Like, I was like, oh, shit. I just left, like, you know, potentially millions of dollars on the table, right? And then I had the idea and the thought of what, just like you said, why does it have to come from that person, right? Why doesn't it doesn't? So the two interaction rule, meaning like right after that second one, I knew 100% that this was not my kind of person, but, um, you know, I still let it go to three. So now I'll never let things go to three. Yeah, exactly. It's so cool to hear 
you kind of like even just describing like what are deal breakers for you? I think a lot of it and just connection in general, I think it comes down to core values, especially with friends, you know, like if yeah. um, I see this in our circle a lot, like if there's a woman who values work more than community, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that if she doesn't respond to her community and the person that is waiting for her response values community more than work, you know, so it's just no. one of these things where it's like meeting people's needs, showing up for people. Um, and I feel like there's so much magic in the follow-up. Like Jen, you were talking about taking a selfie with people and that's like a fun, tangible way to connect. Yeah. Um, do you have any tips around following up and keeping your network alive? I do. I th- My number one rule. So I think a lot of people get the follow-up wrong and the follow-up is the most important piece. None of the networking matters if you don't follow up. Right. If you don't follow up in the right way, you could lose it if you don't follow up in the right way. So the typical way to follow up, what I see the most when people follow up with me is just, just saying hello, just following up on our conversation or, you know, just bumping this to the top of your inbox, yeah. or, you know, just double tapping on, on my message to you. Instead of following up that way, where you're going to be one of zillions of people where you're making it all about you, right? Like I'm just doing this. Are you going to respond to me? What (laughs) if you were to follow up with value? So I say my rule is follow up with some sort of value. So let's say you and I met for the first time at an event and we were talking about this amazing restaurant that I wanted you to go to that I was saying, you got to go here. You got to check it out. My follow-up would be, Hey Ash, it was amazing meeting you at this event. Here's a link to that restaurant we were talking about. Let me know if you want a reservation. I can hook you up and get it for you, right? It's all about providing you value. Or let's say that we were, maybe we were in an exchange. We even had a sales conversation. Maybe this is someone, a a potential client for you if you're listening and and you do sales conversations and you want to have a follow-up for that sales conversation instead of saying, hey, following up to see if you're still interested. Oh, gross, vomit, right? Maybe you send them, you know, I was thinking about our conversation and I saw this really amazing article or even better. I was featured in this really amazing article all about that topic that you're struggling with the most. I wanted to send it over because I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it. That's it. Not even asking, Hey, do you want to work with us? Just provide value. And that person's going to be like, Whoa. And there's something called the law of reciprocity that's embedded in us as humans. So when somebody helps us out or does something nice to us, we immediately want to do something nice back. So the best, easiest way to get a response from someone is not to ask them to respond to you because you're bumping it up or you're double tapping or you're bubbling it up or whatever you're doing is to give them something because they're going to feel like, wow, she just gave me something so nice. Send them a photo, send them a selfie. You look beautiful in this picture. We used to do those dinners and we would have a photographer just so our follow-up could be, here's a gorgeous photo of you that I t- we took of you last night, you know, and then they want to respond. Thank you. What can I do for you? It was so great meeting you. That's the best way to follow up with value. Yeah, and value can be really simple too. So the I think like it, like all the stuff Jen said, great, like really like do that, but also can be just as simple as just complimenting somebody. Mm-hmm. So for example, I was at an event, a bunch of events all last week, and you know I had to follow up with many different people, and one of the people um, that I uh, re Remet, I don't even know if that's a word. Um, came we ran into or whatever. Reunited. Reunited with. Yeah, well then we weren't like, you know, dating, but um it was this guy and he runs like some of the biggest conferences. And um I had met him in at an event in Cabo on the on the boat. And he he must have been like 70 pounds uh heavier. And like so much I didn't recognize him because I was like, you know, remember that guy who fell asleep? And he's like, Yeah, that was me. And I was like, Holy shit, you lost so much weight. And you know, 
because I also I went and looked on his Instagram and like it was a big part of what he had been focusing on for the last um you know in the last month or so so instead of following up like just saying like hey it was great seeing you I was like great seeing you you look amazing like sounds weird but like people like if that's what you're really focused on right now like that's you're gonna be happy to hear that I was like you know it, like keep it up you know keep it the journey and he's like oh my god thank you man the cool thing was then I was like, by the way, if you ever need like a really powerful speaker, um, female speaker, I'd be happy to introduce you to my partner, Jen, you know, and like, it's like, so it's like, it can be as simple as that because a lot of times, like, especially in the entrepreneurial world, people don't want to compliment. They think that if they do, it makes them look weak. And, you know, like I say, if you just can drop your ego in most things, like the, the thing I learned is my ego is not my amigo. Um, <laughs> so if you can drop that and like literally just be like, oh my God, like I, you know, so great meeting you. You're really funny. Like I love the business that you have. Like I did that for one guy. And he, you know, bought a ticket to come to our event, like just from me texting him a link, you know, five grand um, and, you know, like things like that. But it's just coming from a place where it doesn't matter if they don't do anything. It's just like, that's how we're going to be. So following up can be as simple as that. Mm, it's so powerful to see how business can be easy. And it makes me think a lot about like masculine, feminine energy, because I think with networking, a lot of people associate it with masculine energy. And for those of you who don't study this, because I don't know, it's just all part of my Renaissance vibe where I'm like studying the shit too. I've been reading so much about this and you know, it's like, um, we, I feel like, uh, when I'm in fear, I mean, obviously an evolved soul has masculine and feminine energy. They move through at any time, but I think networking is associated with a lot of pursuits and hunting and getting. Yep. Um, and so I really love what you're sharing because it's more about receptivity, support, intuition, which is like kind of a more feminine way to um, network and a more relaxing way to network. And I, I want to also highlight what you were saying, Jen, is sometimes people think they're providing value and they're not. And it's clear that they're just using that link as an excuse to email the person. So don't be lazy. And okay. I hate to say that. Okay. I feel like such a like, rude person today, but I mean, like really be intentional and yes. think about what, you know, I guess my desire for everyone to network better is higher than my desire to speak nicely right now. But I feel like being really intentional about what you share. And another thing I want to ask both of you about that I have in my courses and stuff like that is elevator pitch. Um, I have my own thing with it, but it's kind of exciting for me to talk to you. I never knew I would be this excited about an elevator pitch, but I really want to know, like, what's your two cents on, like, how to have an effective this is me sort of thing? Is there a formula you have or what do you recommend for people to say? So. Maybe you can get into the formula, but I want to, uh, something I think is really important around an elevator pitch is it's fluid. So I think the biggest mistake people make is thinking like they have to have like one elevator pitch. They have to like know it by heart. It has to be perfect. It has to be, you know, something that literally you can do in 30 seconds, which is the elevator part. Um, but it's really fluid. So if, like my, if I'm going to meet with a room full of entrepreneurs, it's going to be different. If I go to meet with a bunch of people in corporate, if I go to meet with a bunch of people in finance, um, you know, a bunch of people in Web3, a bunch of people like whatever it is. So it's going to be a little bit different each time. And I think that that's like the most powerful thing because you want 
it, you don't want to lie, but you want to make sure that it's speaking to the people in the room. Because the whole point of it, the whole point is just so that somebody is going to ask you more about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a curiosity thing. So it's like, oh, wow. I heard that guy want to know more about what he's saying. Um, I'm going to go talk to him at the break. Or, you know, somebody, if you're just talking one-on-one with somebody, it's going to, you know, ideally, it's going to strike curiosity. So it's not to tell them your life story or even, you know, a part of your life story, just to get them to, you know, move on. You know, like the call to action is just simply for them to want to know more. Yep. I feel like the more vague your elevator pitch can be, the better. Because you, that, that's exactly right. You want to make somebody say, how do you do that? Tell me more. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm fascinated. Wait, I'm confused, right? You even want them to be like, tell me, how do you do that? Then you get into it because then you have their attention and, and you're telling them because they asked you. You're not telling them because you want to like shine your light and like show off and, and talk about you. When, when we have our, we have events on Fair Advantage Live, you've been to many of our events and yeah, spoke, at it. spoke at it on the panel. She was amazing. And, um, and we, we have a, a media mixer where we bring in all these big media people into this party and we have our attendees work the party and go and make relationships with the media. And our attendees always ask me the same question before they come in. They're like, how do I pitch myself? What do I say? What's my elevator pitch? What do I do in this room? How do I introduce myself? And we say the same thing every time we say, do not walk in there thinking about talking about yourself, walk in the room and figure out how you can help people in the room, Mm -hmm. be the most interested person in the room rather than the most interesting person. So if you go into a room thinking, I'm going to give my elevator pitch to all these people and I'm going to tell them all about me and all about what I do, people are just going to zone out. But if you go in thinking, okay, how can I learn the most about this person, learn about what they need? And then when I introduce myself, I'm going to introduce myself to them in a way that's going to provide value to them in that moment, right? So, and that's also um, a really important piece of being a great, powerful speaker. Uh, I never memorize my talks. I never give the same talk twice. I give the same outline twice, but I need to be able to be fluid and flexible to give the room, whatever type of room that is, exactly what they need in the moment. Same thing goes with your elevator pitch. So once the person asks you, you know, you ask them, you make them feel so special. Everyone's favorite, favorite topics themselves. What do you do? What are you interested in? Make them feel great. Then they're going to say, tell me about you, right? Hopefully if they're an AB conversation type of person, we all know we've been on dates with those people that don't like to ask you about questions about stuff. And mm-hmm. then we just X that person, but they'll say, tell me about you. Mm-hmm. Our little simple formula for a one sentence introduction to be one sentence. I'm blank. I help blank do blank so they can blank. It's very so. I, One more time for the note takers. Yeah. Oh, all the blanks are curses. All the blanks. No, just kidding. <laughs> I am, I'm Jen Gottlieb, right? Okay. I help entrepreneurs and business owners mm-hmm. be visible mm-hmm. so that they can make an impact and share their message with the world. And make money. And, but if I was speaking to real estate <laughs> professionals, if I'm at an event and I'm speaking to a bunch of real estate agents, which I do often, Mm-hmm. I'm Jen Gottlieb, and I help entrepreneurs, business owners, and real estate professionals become more visible so that they can get more leads, create more sales, and make more impact in the world. Where Okay, so everybody needs to work with you, obviously, because you, you're both amazing. Can you talk about where can people find the starting point to work with your magic? Or where can people go to learn more? Because I know your book's not out yet. Um, I'll have you back on for that. Um, but yeah. 
Where's the best place to learn more right now? All right, so we sold our PR agency yeah. over the couple months ago. Um, what? You didn't know that? Yes. Really? Yeah. a lot was going on. Yeah, so we we actually we sold the PR agency, um, and here's why. So we have this mastermind, and what we we're seeing was that the people in the mastermind, just like some of the, like Patricia Roberts, who I mentioned, or um, all these different people, they were getting as good or sometimes better results than you know people in our agency. Not everyone, but like we saw, like you know, media has shifted so much, and you know that was a big part of what we specialize in, um, and our like our our actual like real passion is like working directly helping people like really helping them build up their personal brands like taking them from like that one person to you know building like a massive company and stuff like that so we were like all right we're gonna sell the agency i literally it took me like uh one phone call um and got everything moving so um yeah so our main focus is around our mastermind um which is you know really around personal brand um visibility authority and people growing you know their their business or you know in in many cases their careers yeah um and so anyway where they can find us the best way um is either super connector media so super just like it sounds all spelled out that way dot com or um on instagram we always say it's like an easy way so i'm chris winfield c-h-r-i-s-w-i-n-f-i-e-l-d my instagram is at jen with one n underscore gottlieb and g-o-t-t-l-i-e-b that's not the easiest thing to spell thank you again for coming on and yeah and thanks for entertaining me i love that your dog is here too that's just like the highlight of our lives yep i mean we don't think of me he was next to me a little bit ago and now he's laying across the apartment but he's um we don't deserve these animals. They're so much better than all of us, don't you think? Like, yeah. uh, except for last. Tammy, they like Tammy is this one. This is Tammy, and she's like literally a career criminal. And like last night, she's so sweet, but she is a career criminal. And last night we came home and it looked like looting had been done. Like, you know, right after a hurricane or whatever, like all over, I'll send you the video all over the couch. It looked like, and then we have, you know, this other little one who's the biggest follower. So, and she acted like she had nothing to do with it. I know she's guilty. They emptied the pantry, Ashley. But like everything, the protein powder, the nuts. Were you worried that they were going to die? No, she, she, the night before she ate a full, she's like your dad, she had a full <laughs> thing, <laughs> she had a full thing of chips and like cookies and like the night, a full, a full thing. And like, she's eaten like a pound of chocolate, like nothing killed her. Like she's a, you know, rescue from Tennessee. Like she has a stomach, like, a, you know, a steel trap. <laughs> I just picture her listening to like, what do they listen to in Tennessee? Like country music? Yeah. Tammy from like, Tennessee. Yeah, Tammy from Tennessee. That sounds like Tennessee. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm like, I digress. Anyway, um, thank you again for being here. I will hit stop. And thank you all for listening to this. Go network. DM us some takeaways. DM us more questions if you want me to have them back on and ask a bunch more networking stuff. Why not? And yeah. Talk more to questions you. about Tammy. <laughs> Tammy the Tammy the <laughs> Tennessee looting dog. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn Podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week.